0: I, I love you so much. you i i i winner. by
1: technical background. I'm winner. I'm i I'm
0: winner.
1: I'm not just going to beat that mother, I'm going to kill it. In four days, I'm going to be 30. And it's bad to be alone. There are
0: some women that love you for yourself, but that doesn't last long.
2: we decide on all the official ratings and (laughs) rankings for every film that we cover also get an honor shout out and two bonus episodes every single month which we have been doing for over two years so there is something like 60 plus bonus episodes waiting for you as well as our bonus transmission series which Jamie was alluding to where we talk about (laughs) new release genre movies which we are in short supply of right now so, oh, yes, yeah. we are. We are hitting every direct to video thing that we can possibly hit on that
0: series. The uh, for Lawrence the Brothers listeners. Well, you guys <laughs> don't want to watch Sonic again?
1: <laughs> it <laughs> no, won't leave the theater.
0: <laughs> so
2: uh, speaking of which, we did have a lot of patrons make the jump uh, this week. So we are going to shout them out now. We had Nestor Trujillo. We had Matt Barry. Uh, Nick, just Nick. Uh, Will D.C., Matthew White, William Highland, uh, Jeffrey Burling, Jerry Eldred, Harrison O'Claire, uh, Jazak, nice. Patrick Claussen, and hold on, I'm still scrolling, holy crap, we're still going here, uh, Primrose Path, L. Repugnant, <laughs> uh, Sivat Zur, Daniel Dog Guy. I think I think Dog Guy has been signed up before. Welcome back, Dog Guy. Ryan <laughs> Fallon. Love Leah you, Dog Patrick guy. Monroe. <laughs> Vic Vaughn, awesome. <laughs> Hayden Michael Cole. Chase Palumbo. Um, Hijalmar W. And I think that's it. I think that's everyone. I might have even doubled up on some people there. I just didn't want to miss anyone. Uh, oh, thanks that's awesome. so much to all of you guys for signing up. We have had a yeah. lot of signups recently, and we really appreciate that. Um, that's the main plug for the week the other plug as always is apple Podcasts. if you guys are listening on apple Podcasts, i know you are i see the stats uh scroll down to the very bottom and give us a good old rating and review down there it helps us climb the ranks over at itunes and find new listeners that way and we appreciate that as well Uh, but that being said i think those are all the plugs uh welcome back uh as always i am your host josh lewis and joining me uh, is my co-host jamie miller welcome back everybody We are back uh, for another week, calling in from the quarantine zone still. That's right. It's been months. We're chilling. We're still talking. Still here. Still talking. Gross movies. Uh, Uh, I think two weeks ago would have been the last time you guys, free listeners, would have heard from us. And we were talking uh, 90s cosmic horror starring Sam Neill. Very specific subgenre (laughs) of movie that included John Carpenter's In the Mouth of Madness Um, and Paul W.S. Anderson's event, Horizon, both movies where Sam Neill's face gets all fucked up.
1: Oh yeah, lots of screaming, (laughs) lots of waking up from nightmares. It's great. Yep, we had a great time talking
2: about those two with uh, special guest Brianna Ziegler Um, and we followed that episode up with a more sort of Uh, possession uh, horror films, this time of child possession, though, and we talked um, Exorcist II, The Heretic by John Borman, kind of the notoriously uh, hated Exorcist sequel that is, like, kind of fun (laughs) if you take it on its own wavelength as a bizarre psychodrama with uh, James Earl Jones in, like, a full locust outfit and (laughs) uh, Linda Blair, Mm -hmm. like, entering people's minds via... Like therapy or something. Very strange movie. We had a great time with it though, and we also talked about um, an even stranger even, movie. Even one of the weirdest movies I think we've ever talked about. Uh, Giuliano Paradisi's *The Visitor* from 1979, uh, which had Lance Henriksen as a satanic basketball team owner in <laughs> Atlanta, who's trying to Rosemary's Baby his girlfriend so that he has a little satanic brother for his daughter who is sort of like already like an omen type figure and then there's a whole subplot about franco nero as space jesus trying to prevent this from happening and it actually stars also john houston as one of his uh franco space franco nero's uh disciples who gets sent to earth (laughs) to try to like stop This whole thing from happening. Meanwhile, Glenn Ford, uh, one of the sort of classic noir actors from things like The Big Heat, is trying to investigate it. And 90% of the violence in that movie happens due to birds attacking people. Just a strange movie. Yeah, one Um, of the
1: weirdest things we've ever covered for sure yeah have to see this <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> oh so so if
2: you want to hear that episode that was uh patreon.com slash theseoids podcast that was last week's bonus episode and it was a bizarre one for sure <laughs> uh but this week uh moving on here we're we're kind of pivoting away from child possession a little bit <laughs> yeah a little bit <laughs> and uh we are going to talk a little bit about for the first time, we're going to talk about some boxing movies this week. And to do so, we have a uh, special guest, uh, Rocky, or as some of you might know him on Twitter, Viperwave. Rocky, how
0: are you doing? Good, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm here to talk about boxing.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah.
0: No,
2: thanks for coming
0: on. No, I, I, I follow Rocky on Letterboxd, and
2: judging by the, a lot of the things that he was logging, I was like, okay, we got to get this guy on the show. He likes a <laughs> lot of the same stuff that we like. Um, and uh, also you wanted to bring on a Shinya Tsukamoto movie, which we can never turn down. Absolutely. Uh,
0: Absolutely. you got to go down that rabbit hole.
2: Exactly.
0: Uh, so, Rocky, what two films have
2: you brought with you this week, and why do they pair together?
0: Well, I brought... The first movie is uh, John Huston's Fat City, which is about small-time boxers in the town of Stockton, California. And uh, unlike, you know, for example, Scorsese's Raging Bull, which is this very big, grandiose boxing movie, this movie is very minimal. It actually barely has any boxing in it, and uh, <laughs> a lot of it is just about a study of character, and uh, all takes place in conversations. And It's directed by John Huston, one of the great American directors. He made uh, The Maltese Falcon, The African Queen, uh, one ones, Treasure of Sierra Madre. He was also oh, an actor. Well,
2: yeah, and we we thought it was really funny that we accidentally did The Visitor, which was like an Italian <laughs> horror movie that <laughs> it starred John Huston for no reason, and then and, we were like, and next week a we're going ta-
1: to. <laughs> Yeah.
2: yeah. And and he did it seven years after directing this film. So we were just like really strange wow. kind of late career that he had there. Um, but we were super glad to talk about him again because we have covered Maltese Falcon um on this show and we, we like John Huston a lot. Yeah. Um But the 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 other film,
0: Shinya Tsukamoto. Oh. This is uh Tokyo Fist, which is the uh kind of the second step into his filmography after Tetsuo that I recommend people take. This one's all about uh Salary man who leads a very average life until one day he is uh cuckolded <laughs> by his uh former high school friend and uh his wife turns out to be a freak and a lot of a lot of weird shit happens in this <laughs> <one>. <laughs> oh yeah that's basically all that you
2: can do to sum up a Shinya sukamoto film half the time because we actually a bunch of weird um, shit
1: happens yeah yeah, yeah, we we
2: hadn't seen anything by him until we decided to do Tetsuo the Iron Man on the show and then we watched that and it basically blew our minds. It's probably one of the top 5 films we've like watched on the show for the first time and just been completely blown away by that and like yeah. what, like The Devil's Seconds yep. like it joins the ranks there for us. Yeah. yeah. Tetsuo is
0: my favorite movie, I think if I had to pick one. It's just absolutely
2: one of amazing. my favorites
1: for sure.
0: Mm -hmm. you could never find it in good quality for a long time i remember you just had just the shittiest quality but now it's on blu-ray and it just looks amazing so hell
1: yeah yeah Uh, i I know i'm glad people respect it so much that that would happen because uh Mm. it deserves it for sure
2: well yeah and they just released that whole box set of like all of his stuff so that was how i that was how i watched uh tokyo fist and i actually caught up on basically everything i hadn't seen in the box so i watched like Uh, Bullet Ballet A Snake of June Hayes All kinds of stuff Hayes was like Really interesting too Because that was him Doing like Sort of like A Saw-esque Like dude wakes up Like trapped In like a steel compartment And spends the whole movie Just like Uh Covered in like Gross textures Like trying to get His way out um, so he's had a really interesting career, and yeah, Tokyo Fist, I think, is his main feature that he hit just after doing the first Tetsuo film, so we're actually going in chronological order oh, with Shin Yasukamoto right now. I think, he, well,
0: you missed Tetsuo 2, Body Hammer. Well, yeah,
2: actually, well, that's what I meant. I meant uh, both <laughs> yeah. films, because we actually did cover Tetsuo 2, Body oh, Hammer. Oh, you did? Oh, well, great, great. Um, which was a great time. Yeah, we did that, and what, what else did Perry bring on with that? He brought another weird one with that that I can't remember exactly what it was, but that was was uh,
1: was that when he paired akira or was that a different episode i think it was i think it was was
2: akira and tetsuo 2 body hammer yeah we went like full like cyberpunk body horror grotesquerie kind of deal and that one got like way more sexual and perverse (laughs) (laughs) It's that kind of (laughs) (laughs) movie than even the first one which has a dude's like penis turn into a drill (laughs) the drill (laughs) that
1: image has a budget this (laughs) (laughs) time
0: It's, yeah, it's the mainstay of a lot of his movies is uh, Enos is not working the way they should. <laughs> Hell yeah. So stick around for uh, the discussion on Tokyo Fist, because if you want to know
2: what uh, Shinya Tsukamoto makes of a boxing movie, we'll say that it's very different than Fat City. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> yes, very, very different. But uh, very that being
2: hard. said, I think we're going to jump in right into it here. We're going to do these ones chronologically, I okay. think. So we are going to start here right. with...
1: It. It's bad to be
0: alone There are some women that love you for yourself But that doesn't last long
1: Help me make it through the night If you want to win bad enough, you win There ain't no way in hell this dude's gonna beat me Cause he's too old, I'm too fast, I'm gonna be all over him I'm gonna kick his ass so bad every time he takes a bite of food tomorrow He's gonna think of me He's gonna know he's been in the fight Cause I'm gonna hit him with everything I'm not just gonna beat that mother I'm gonna kill him I don't want to be alone.
2: Poor bastard.
1: Help me make it through
2: tonight. All right, we are talking Fat City, the 1972 American boxing drama film directed by. John Houston. uh, the film stars Stacy Keach, Jeff Bridges, and Susan Tyrell, and kind of what is like, sort of like, I guess what you would call like a, like a three-piece, um, uh, drama thing. This could have almost been a play. I, I, oh uh, yeah, for very sure. play like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it is based on a boxing novel of the same name by uh, a writer who didn't seem to really go on to do much more, but he did also write the screenplay for this. Um, and his name was Leonard, um, Gardner. This was a very late career turn for John Huston, who was obviously known for directing a lot of films with Humphrey Bogart in the sort of like forties and and into the fifties, um, and sort of into like the the sixties and seventies. He was kind of like a 4 higher um, genre guy a, a, a little bit, um, and this was like really late in in his career. To the and how old he was he was over sixty years old at this yeah. Point, at this
0: point. Mm -hmm. late 60s you would not believe it watching this movie because it does not feel like it was made by a man in his late 60s no it it feels like john houston like getting involved in kind of
2: like that that new hollywood uh sort of like really depressing drama and there is like a world weariness to it that you do feel like an older man might have been involved in but like stylistically this is looks nothing like basically anything that he had done previously yeah very very low-key this this does seem like the kind of film that you know, sort of like the Scorsese's of the world were trying to make um, around this time, and he was kind of making what sort of like the young new filmmakers were doing, um, and also he was casting like sort of like young up and comers, like people like Stacy Keach and Jeff Bridges, who you know Jeff Bridges would have just been in Last Picture Show, and Stacy Keach. I'm trying to remember at this time. I can't even think. He must have been like a really new actor at at this point. I can't think of any leading role I've seen him in before this except for no i can't think of one i was like i've seen him in slave of the cannibal god he was in like the long riders uh in the late 70s i think the main thing we've seen him in jamie we did road games on the show from 1981 which is an amazing film that's a great one but that's like a full decade after this yeah what i know that's 81 isn't it yeah uh, yeah
1: when it comes to more modern films is like american history x uh machete and unfortunately he wasn't (laughs) gaudy that kind of sucks, but oh. uh, Damn. <laughs> but what are you gonna do? He's still a great actor. Yeah,
2: so so <laughs> so Fat City, I think, has to be one of his his earliest sort of like leading roles, and uh, what a leading role because it's this is a really really sad. Oh yeah. Slow.
1: It's uh, so. Uh, and he has <laughs> he has such a like he plays the character with such uh, with such hope. Even though throughout the movie we see him, you know he's even at his his, uh, his day job where he's I think like picking cucumbers or whatever, he's, he's drinking <laughs> you know, whiskey in the hot sun and, hot and sun. Just, uh, <laughs> just it's just it's sad, and he's also saying things like, you know, I, I also get to work on my my, uh, my, my physical fitness while I do the job as well, and then he just takes a big swig of Jack Daniels or whatever yeah, it is. He's, whatever.
0: he's gonna get back into it. He's right. gonna get it's back right. into fighting. Yeah, <laughs> every
1: just... scene is I'm gonna get back into it. I'm gonna get back into it. And <laughs> and, and at first you you kind of feel that hope. Even though, you know, the movie opens with the guy waking up, the first thing he does is put a cigarette in his mouth, the whiskey's beside him. You know, oh, like f- it's it's it it right away establishes a very sad and, and poor man. Um, but you Mm -hmm. you have that kind of like that fight for him where you're like, come on, just just please get it together and 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 get it done. But instead it's mostly just mostly just talk a lot of the time. Yeah, well and 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 that
2: that opening montage of him getting ready for, you know, the the day's events um, Mm -hmm. has like a really sad like Chris Christopherson like country ballad where he's singing about how like yesterday is dead and gone and tomorrow's out of sight uh it's sad to be alone help me make it through the night (laughs) right
1: and i love that i love that shot in the opening when he you know he goes down the apartment stairs puts the cigarette in his mouth and uh and it's this it's this nice shot where he's directly in the middle and he does this little like dance little jig yeah (laughs) and and i once again it's kind of his character like trying to bring out some type of you know, life and happiness out of the situation he's in. I feel like so he is really a fighter. You know, he really is. Yeah. Um, it's he just, goes it's back still inside.
0: <laughs> he gets his bag and you see all the beer cans in the bin and it's just like, Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> for sure.
2: Yeah. Like in this, this film has like a very like implied, history to it and even though it like moves kind of like a a sort of like slow moving almost like a drifter vibe to it and it's very kind of like slice of life kind of drama of just sort of like poor people making it kind of day to day um and it boxing movies a lot of the time are kind of used frequently as class dramas because it just is a kind of like relatively cheap sport to get into like you buy the gloves you get a gym membership and you train your body. That's really all you need to like right. get into boxing. And and kind of like the dream is that you know you get into these very high priced fights, and it's a very quick like um, rags to riches kind of like uh, dream sport in that kind of way. I mean, like yeah. R- Rocky would literally win Best Picture like what like three or four years after this came out. Yeah. Um, so like th- that's that's the what, what boxing was a lot of times sort of used for. And and boxing a lot of the time too. I mean, they they can be made into like a really good sports movie just because it's kind of like a very cinematic sport, just like the movement and the pounding on the bodies and the way that it's sort of like connected to like these weary, sad people. Yeah, I think there's
1: I think, I think there's something to be said too about like how how individual the uh, like boxing is. It's just based on one person, so I feel like it's yes. easy to when you're watching a movie like that. You know, the team sports they're they're. They're very uh, inspiring sometimes and all that because it's like the, the boys getting together and getting it done or whatever. But with, an, with this kind of like individual sport, you can really lock in with somebody's emotions and what they're going through just uh, mm-hmm. trying to get to the top. Or, or in this case, I guess, just trying to get back in the ring in general. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, and one
2: thing worth noting about this, too, is uh, John Houston was a California boxer in his youth. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and apparently he was not a very good one. Uh, <laughs> so that's, he, what he, <laughs> that's what
0: this is about. That's what this is all about. <laughs> exactly.
2: So, so, so he did like 20 or 25 like amateur professional fights, they call them, which is like basically what the kind of fights that he's doing here, where they are paid fights. So it is a professional fight, but it's like on the lower end of professional fighting. Right. And obviously, John I, yeah. Houston, also a well-known uh, drinker, <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, it's all
0: coming together. Yeah. It's all in the <laughs> yeah. movie.
2: <laughs> yeah, so 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 you can see why maybe he latched on to this particular material and why he was able to maybe get into these characters' heads a little bit because, like, very loosely, Stacy Keach plays like an an, an aging uh, former boxer who you know obviously jamie mentioned that he you know does a lot of uh he can't really hold a job so he does a lot of temp work um working with a lot of like uh, migrant workers um on like farms and 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 such like that basically just to afford his drinking habit for the most part because he doesn't even really seem like he has like a a decent place to say he's always trying to like uh stay with other people uh in in certain scenes um and basically one day while he's working out he meets jeff bridges who is kind of like a young up-and-comer and and he kind of sees him a little bit as a younger version of himself and he's like you know what you should get into fighting and you should you know start using your body you shouldn't waste your prime years like i kind of felt like i did and the the really sort of unique part about this because it's not really like a like a an unconventional story in in that matter but what is unconventional about it is just that everyone kind of fails and everyone kind of sucks like you would yeah. think that it, there would be a story about how Jeff, you know, he maybe he trains Jeff Bridges this younger version yeah. of himself to be like the next great fighter and he lives through, you know, this younger fighter who goes on to be great and he's like I have achieved something through this younger surrogate but Jeff <laughs> Bridges kind of just fucking sucks and he just loses
0: <laughs> He just loses twice, like the second fight where he just gets knocked out in twenty seconds.
1: Yeah, I also love the uh, the little. Uh, there's a scene where I think it's the first time that Jeff Bridges gets uh, gets beaten, and he goes back to the to the locker room, and the, the he the, takes the, off the, his trunks, t- and then the coach just gives it to the next guy, and and the guy's <laughs> like, he's like, "There's blood on these coach," and the and the coach is like, "Well, it's not your blood, so don't worry about it." Yeah, so get in this, there, son. It's this constant, like the it, even though they all suck, you have these coaches too that are that are making them just keep going, like kind of kind of giving them this false hope a lot of the time. It seems, uh, and it seems to make money, which is also a very sad thing. Like they even mentioned at one point that Jeff Bridges is a is a white kid, so he'll be able to make them more boxing sales on the tickets mm-hmm. and things like yep. that. So there's all this like corruption around uh just the kids that are only there because they're uh you know just very interested in the sport and a lot of the time also poor so that's the only thing that they could get into
2: well yeah and and they have young bodies that's the main thing is of that, course like, yeah. you know like the 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 older coach um who works with uh Stacy Keach, like he's been in the game so long that he trained Stacy Keach. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, and, and, and 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 so and it's so funny cuz he says he had such a bad experience like with that trainer and he think he blames, you know, his last fight that kind of got him out of the game on him but then he sends Jeff Bridges to him kind of like anyway um so then you kind of just have like these old dudes trying to like relive like their their shot that they had through this young guy and basically like destroying his body in the process and weaponizing his need for money to get him get him into it so yeah, it just turns into like this really sad thing about like you know a sport that kind of like destroys your body and stacy keach you know uh he kind of has like that scar on his face already just as an actor and he basically he plays him very weary but he looks like he's
0: been like through Through some shit oh he's yeah (laughs) there's that terrific scene where they're sitting in the bar after the fight and they're like the two young boxers faces are just bashed up and the coach (laughs) is just like yeah don't worry about it don't worry about it you did great (laughs)
1: you're doing great kid
0: Uh. look at my face
2: (laughs) yeah so they they kind of you you get an idea through sort of like the scenes that this has been going on for decades and they keep just finding new kids and they keep pounding them not actually making them very much money and then they become drinkers and temp workers like Stacy Keach and that there's almost like a a whole cycle of um, you know kind of how this uh Industry works, um, yeah. Because eventually, then, we even have Jeff
1: Bridges joining him in the fields and stuff like that, right? Yeah, Whoa. because
2: yeah. because Jeff Bridges, uh, I think, gets a girl pregnant and realizes that he needs some money too. Yeah. Um. So he starts doing the temp work until you know the boxing pays the bills. Is kind of like the idea, um, but obviously he just keeps getting absolutely demolished in every fight that he he does. And then Stacey Keach, you know, decides at a certain point that he is going to get back into it. He is going to train. He believes that he's going to you know uh, do it again. Um, a little bit inspired by um, the woman uh, Oma played by Susan Tyrell, Who uh, I don't know about you, Jamie, but this this. Absolutely depressed me and reminded me oh, of yeah. <laughs> the oh. old woman in uh, Pick Up on South Street, that, oh, yeah. where, where, you, where you just feel like uh, the Sam Fuller Helpless. noir film about sort of um, street hustlers. Um, and there's an older woman street hustler in that film where just like the decades of manipulating people and being you know for scraps basically has kind of like caught up with her and when an assassin basically comes to murder her in her bed uh because of her relation to sort of like the main thief in that film uh she just welcomes it yeah and she has like a (laughs) Yeah, she just has like a monologue where she's just like, "I'm so fucking tired." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and th- you're you're just putting me out of my misery uh, at this point. And uh, those were the exact sort of vibes I got from <laughs> from from this woman who. Oh a, yeah, St- Stacey Keach meets at a at a bar because she's also a, a a heavy drinker. And watching these two like sort of like drunk older people in the bar, they're like
1: just being. romantic scene like where he like smacks (laughs) a jukebox and shit like it's like like it's yeah yeah exactly because it's 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 I think it's like this play on the the i guess meet cute at a bar scene that you'd see in the i don't know like the 50s or i don't know but the jukebox thing is why i got that thought because Mm -hmm. most of the time it's like that smooth guy that walks over hits the jukebox (laughs) the song starts you know (laughs) he buys the girl a drink but instead what does stacy keach do he smacks it with his head and then they just yell at each other hammered for like five minutes and then then, but like you know one of the most romantic things they say to each other is something like uh you're the only son of a bitch worth shit in this place and and that's like their their loving romantic uh dialogue that they have between each other it's uh, it's just oh my god it's a it is a wreck for sure. <laughs>
0: she she just declares her love for him like after they get out of the bar and she can't get home.
1: And she yeah, right go. away. Yeah, no time at all. It's uh, it's yeah, it's a very very sad romance. That is for sure. Mm. Well, if and, you can even con- call it that. Well and they're, could, they're yeah. comparing
2: each other's like like sad histories with one another. Right? She's just like, "Yeah, my my first husband was shot and killed and my new boyfriend had like like raped me and he's just and like that's I was the married in 5 minutes was, of them meeting. Yeah. Like it's Yeah. <laughs> odd. And then, and then he was like, "Yeah, well my wife uh ran out at me." It's just two old people like drunkenly airing their dirty laundry at each other (laughs) at the bar very loudly (laughs) yeah Um, very
1: loudly yeah
2: and then and then she um there she implies like a history of abuse too and and basically suggests like if it'll make you feel good like like punch me because he told her to like (laughs) shut up or something like that because she was just going on drunkenly and so then she's like egging him on to like beat the shit out of her, <laughs> and 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 that's and that's when he decides that he's going to smash his head on the jukebox. And she's so impressed by like this act of like self harm <laughs> 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 that she's kind of like, oh, well, what would God. you do that for? Like the conviction in his body to like make that decision, I guess. And then he he does have this 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 line that I think is actually kind of romantic, where he says. Um, you can count on me to like do what I'll say basically uh, and yeah. he was like, yeah. I, he was like I, t- I told you if you you know uh, that I, w- I would hit myself and then I went and did it and she is weirdly enough in her drunken haze like very impressed by that because like <laughs> yeah. here's a guy who just actually is like hey I won't hit you and I will do what I say that's
0: the bare minimum <laughs> for her to be yeah, like yeah that's all you need this is yeah. a good guy <laughs> Yeah, that's one of the things I. Yeah, it's one of the things I love about this movie is that it's Like uh, normally in films like Raging Bull, when things are difficult, people kind of behave very badly towards each other. They're all shouting and punching each other. But in this (laughs) one, like the worse things get, the more people kind of struggle to be kind to each other. They're just trying to be nice the whole time. Yeah,
1: which I think is
0: interesting. Even though going through
1: this, like deteriorating hell, it's just uh, yeah. uh...
0: They're all just trying to be nice. well, cause then they go
2: home and they try to play like the happy couple because her boyfriend right. ha- has oh, yeah, been, yeah. I think, I think he's been arrested and he's yeah. in jail now or something like that. And he has been in jail.
0: Well, they were attacked cause they're an interracial couple or I think I remember. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think
2: that's what they, what they say. Um, so they try to play out like a kind of like uh, domestic home life where like he tries to like cook her steak and peas and they're both like lashing out at at each other and every time someone tries to like say I'm sorry to the other (laughs) they basically sort of like do it backhandedly or they just piss it off each other even more and throughout most of the scene things just get broken and peas fall on the floor (laughs) and like (laughs) this
1: I love the way that they like that the interaction they have with the the dinner is is pretty interesting because at first it's it's Stacy who's trying to like just make her dinner and she's kind of uh, being very irritable and and talking I, I don't know I can't remember why she was what she was complaining about, but she was going off, and yeah. and he's like, okay, well then I won't make you dinner, and then she says she'll take it, and then he says, no, you don't get to have it, and then she's like, well now I want it, and then so she takes it back, and then he's and then he takes oh. it, she starts eating it, and he's and then he grabs it again, is like, well you don't deserve it now, and it's just this constant like. Uh, so then it starts falling everywhere. Upsmanship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and
2: then and but then he then he feels bad that he like dropped it everywhere, and then lets her have it. it but then he gets upset that she's not saying it's like amazing or she's not commenting on it and he's like how is it tell me how it is and she's like it's fine
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh man it's just it's so it's so sad and and it feels so so helpless and and susan tyrell man she just gives it you know like there there isn't uh there isn't a lot of of dignity left in her character by the end um and that kind of commitment is is just I'm, ve- I'm just very impressed by it like a hell of a performance mm-hmm. by her she just lays it all out and yeah she actually got nominated for Best Supporting
2: Actress oh wow well Oscars. hell yeah
1: she definitely <laughs> deserves it it was unbelievable mm-hmm. Well, I really and, and, haven't well, seen well, this uh, l- like this kind of distraught performance like this uh, maybe since that, that uh, pick pickup on Southside that you mentioned
2: well, it's it's very similar just in terms of, of the vibe of the scenes where it's it really is just people who have just been barely surviving day to day, and there's an implied history that they've been doing this for, like, decades, and yeah. it's just like... Now they just sit around and get drunk and yell at each other to like feel something or to like sort of replicate the sort of like domestic fights that they've seen before or like, you know, just to to have something to look forward to. And she even tries to tell him like, you know, you're not like a terrible looking guy if you like, you know, didn't dress like a bum (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) I bet you could get a job that you like. And then he's just like, there hasn't been a job I really like. It hasn't been invented yet. Um, Mm. other other than boxing and which inspires him to get back into the ring. And when, when he get in the third act, when he gets back into the ring, there is sort of like this underdog element where he's going to get back in and he's going to win. But the way that Houston again um, sort of like shoots this, there's an amazing sort of completely silent sequence that basically won me over and basically made me like almost like weep, which is that, scene where the other boxer um basically travels to the venue because the 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 trainer gets Stacy Keach a fight you know they 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 get him you know relatively back in shape as much as they can get him back in shape for the fight and they have this Puerto Rican boxer boxer played by Sixto Rodriguez who is completely silent as he pulls up in his suit And his uh, briefcase, and there's a series of silent montages of him just, like, you know, getting ready. Um, We get one glimpse that um, he goes over to, uh, like, pee, and he pees blood. So we know that this is, like like, a very sick dying man who's basically you know making the little bit of money that he can because we know how much money they get for the fight it's not very much
1: and you know um, those are mostly li- likely from uh, i think body shots too because i think you get that mm-hmm. from like the kidney shots a lot, the yeah. a lot of the time so all like when you watch that fight and you see every time that stacy pulls off a body shot you actually feel for the other guy even though the only context we've had is that mm-hmm. that peeing scene uh, which yeah, I thought well, was and pretty and cool pe- too. Just that they can translate pe- that kind of thing to a character mm-hmm. we don't know at all. Yeah,
2: because there's just a, there's a whole periphery implied history that here's a whole another fucking dude. You could have had a movie about this dude, right? Who exactly. is just. Traveling, and he's in the same boat. So all of a sudden, people are paying to watch just like two like dying men kill each just other, beat the shit out of each just, other, yeah. <laughs> and 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 and, and Stacy Keach actually has a hard time even beating this sick old man, and he doesn't even know that he's a sick old man. It's, right? It, you know, it's it's, it's just something know. that we're clued into as as the audience,
1: and so, and, so and it he, feels like even the the fight itself feels like it has a complete lack of you know, that, that, that spectacle, finesse, yeah. that finesse- Yeah. It's right. Just, yeah. Like, it's They're not just wailing filmed- on each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not filmed like in a, like a Rocky movie where you have those really cool shots of the slow-mo hit and all that stuff. It's really mm-hmm. just like, you have the shots inside the, the boxing ring and that's just dudes just wailing on each other. And there's no, like, mm. there's no real, uh, like, like I said, the, no spectacle to it. And then they have one other shot that's just outside the ring And it kind of shows you what it's like from the audience perspective where you don't even really hear the hits or anything like that. (laughs) And it's just, it's just two guys wailing on each other and there's this real lack of like cinematic emotion, which is on purpose. And I really, really liked it.
2: Yeah. Like it's like, it's, it's not exciting. It it really does just like level with you that like, these are two old weary people basically just trying to kill each other (laughs) for like for like scraps because by the end of the fight stacy keach you know gets in the car with his trainer and he's like you know how much how much do i get and he gets a hundred bucks it's implied partially because he he owes the trainer money still so he took that out of it but he did it all for a hundred bucks and he's just like look i hurt my body so bad i'm not going to be able to fight for like another month or two Right. And like a 100 bucks isn't going to get me through that. And then you realize that the other guy who is filmed uh, leaving again, he he leaves with his dignity. But basically, he just puts his suit back on his and his and his briefcase. And he walks out in like these very shadowy, like unlit halls. And that's the last we see of him of him just walking out, making as the loser, probably not making any money. Yeah, and so then you realize that that is like the, the the existence and and the dream is like at best you're gonna get you know underpaid the shit, yeah. to kill the shit yourself. Shit kicked out of you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think even like there's a. I think at the end of the fight, I'm pretty sure uh, Stacy says something like like it's like did I get knocked down? And then the the one guy says tells him that he won. So he's not even aware. You know, like, he, he at a certain point, the the fight is is such a, just a mess that, that he mm-hmm. can't even really understand if he won or not until someone tells him, like, yeah, no, you won. You didn't get knocked down. You're good. <laughs> like, you're in such a daze that you can't even enjoy the victory as mm-hmm. well. The moment, well, yeah, right? It, the punch. Because
2: it... Cause it it's literally, you just get shoved in there and you kind of just like flail around as much as you suggest kind of like otherwise and you like yeah, train for, yeah, it. for it. And like the one, the one dude too, one of the kids early on who gets, who ends up later getting the shit, like he ends up losing his fight pretty badly. He's one of the kids who's like all bruised up in like that, uh, that, that table bar conversation seat, yeah. the bar <laughs> seat that Rocky was bringing up. But before that scene, when he's getting prepped with like Jeff Bridges, um, he's kind of like talking about, you know, you got to believe in yourself to win. You got to have the will to win. You got to taste it. Right. You got to, you got to not beat
0: the man. You got to kill the man. And he's like, he's like hyping hyping
2: himself up.
0: And Jeff, uh, Jeff Bridges is like, yeah, I know I'm going to go out there and do my best. You know, (laughs) 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 Yeah, you gotta, these early Jeff
2: Bridges roles, I haven't seen a lot of them, we've been doing a lot of them on the show recently, because we actually had, um, Josh Trank on, um, when when Capone came out, and we had him on, and he wanted to talk about a film that really inspires him, um, which was, uh, the Western Bad Company, which, uh, sort of similar to Last Picture Show, he plays, like, a really sort of, like, thorny teenage character who's forced to, like, grow up, like, a little too fast, um, and in this you have him playing kind of like a similar role. this was seemingly like what he was sort of typecast at the time. but it all leads to like a really beautiful scene between the two at the bar at the end where Stacy Keach um, you know fully acknowledges that he was kind of projecting his younger self onto this, onto this young guy who, uh, I think he decides that he's not going to box anymore and he's just going to try and make do with like the temp work and just try to like pay, uh, basically afford to, you know, um, take care of his girlfriend and, and his child that's on the way. And, yeah, je- and, je- and, uh, Skeech, like begs him to like, just go for a drink with him because he's so pissed off and he's so uh he's he basically (laughs) blows the hundred dollars he makes on the fight drinking yeah and he just (laughs) lost
1: uh oma i believe too because yes uh, her boyfriend comes back back. yeah
0: Yeah. (laughs) where he talks to the boyfriend and oma's just yelling in the background and the boyfriend's just like yeah i just ignore that's how (laughs) i know it (laughs) Yeah, she had a oh, shitty man. life. I just, I just don't pay her any mind.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's so sad. Yeah, it's just, everything oh. about this is just the most depressing thing ever, I- including this ending. You know, the bar ending. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. When they, when they,
2: when they're just sitting there at the bar, and you're thinking that, like, again, this, this film sort of like defy devi- or defies like any sort of like dramatic satisfaction. From these sort of like character arcs and we basically just end up where they kind of were at the beginning just their the little bit of hope that we kind of saw that they had at the beginning where they were like you know working on their bodies and they were you know trying to make a little bit of money and they had dreams of getting into the ring and making more money uh, like all of those hopes throughout the course of you know sort of like the 90 minutes have been dashed that's completely the- eradicated um so now it's just they sit at uh, a bar and drink And I, I think he even Just gets the one uh, He gets Jeff Bridges just a coffee I think Because he can't convince him
1: yeah. To <laughs>
2: get, get get drunk with him So he's like at the very least just have a coffee With me or something yeah. And he gets this really sad sort of like Line where uh, He says before you can even Get your life uh, Rolling it, it makes a beeline for uh, The drain and they're talking about the um, the guy who is tending the diner or the bar there. And what's the line that he has, Jamie? I think you put it in your review.
1: Oh, it's uh, you think he was ever young once, <laughs> and, it, and it's like it, that. It's it, it's like this eerie thing to me in a way because um, I don't. It's like they're saying, you know, th- this guy had to end up here somehow, and but mm-hmm. you can't imagine it. Because he's just such an old man now, and it's like, you know, he had so many years, so, and I think they're kind of realizing that this might be what they, how they end up as well. So, it's just seeing, like, you ever think he was young once, and I think that's implying, like, do you ever think he had a chance to turn it around, or did you ever, mm. you know, did he ever have opportunities that would have led him in a different way, or something like that? And they're just kind mm. of, just mm. you kind know, of. thinking back on all maybe the decisions they've made, and and I, I guess Jeff Bridges isn't necessarily saying that. I think Stacy's the one that says the line, so I think he's the yeah. one really having all the, he, he all just the crisis
0: by the end. Yeah, yeah, he yeah he's definitely haggard. having an
1: existential crisis, a hundred percent, looking at that old <laughs> yeah. man pouring coffee, um, but, but also. Uh, the thing about the jeff
2: bridges character there too though is that it's very heavily implied that jeff bridges is basically going to be stacy Keach in 20 years
1: yeah and that <laughs> and that
2: basically you know he became a failed fighter he's doing the same temp work already right so it's a, so there, there is like this sense that like jeff bridges doesn't even though he's young and you know um, he's like 20 he, i think he he, he has he has more he time him. ahead of him it's very unlikely that he. There's a scenario where he sort of like escapes Stacy Keach's feet, and I think um, uh, Jeff Bridges sort of replies to him with a little bit more optimism and says, "Well, you know, maybe he's happy." And Stacy Keach says, "Maybe we're all happy." <laughs> uh,
1: God, because damn.
2: because obviously we know that. Th- uh, Due to how depressing the film is, that obviously Stacy Keach isn't happy, but he is hitting the idea that like maybe this is as happy as he's ever going to be, and this is as far as they're ever going to get. Which so sort we of just accept br- it, <laughs> yeah. Which kind yeah. of brings you back to the the title of of Fat City, which Leonard Gardner, the novelist, basically said was um, sort of like a slang term for you know sort of like this idea of finding success. It was like this crazy success. Um, And this goal that um, everyone sort of deluded themselves into thinking that they were going to achieve and that you weren't ever really going to reach. Um, And that's definitely the feeling that you're kind of left with is that, you know, the movie opens and closes on them being sort of sad and weary and drunk. (laughs) And uh, all that happens in the middle is that they kind of hope that one day they won't be. And uh, by the end they're kind of like, well, I guess not. Yeah, kind of
1: enjoy it, I guess. Yeah, this yeah is, and then and uh, the Chris Christopherson
0: this song This is comes a film I in. really want to revisit in like my mid thirties and see how I feel. About it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just be like, yep. Oh man, I also like the way that uh, that Houston does this as well at the end when when uh, Stacy turns around and time freezes basically, like everything mm-hmm. goes silent. And he just watches the old men with friends and I think realizes that he might not even get that. Like he might not even Yo. get the, I'm going to at least be able to sit at a table with my old buddies and just play cards or whatever the hell they're playing. Uh, yeah. And and so when he turns around and says, you know, just talk a while with me to Jeff Bridges. And then they say nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, the I was credits just like, roll. Just
1: give me, give me like how was your day? You know, give me like, (laughs) give me something for these characters. Instead. You're saying, talk a while, give me no dialogue, which would imply that there's really nothing that these two had together at all. And and there's
2: nothing to, there's nothing to say about the experience. Right. Like, yeah. And and so it's just, 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 all it is is a
1: man. Yeah. All it is, is a man just asking another man to sit by him and drinks the coffee so that he at least doesn't feel completely alone. alone. It's just yep. so fucking depressing. In the best way. <laughs> in the best possible way. But my God. Just so, so depressing. Well, yeah. And, and, that, and
2: that's why it plays the Chris Christofferson song again there. Because, again, it's, it's yesterday is dead and gone. tomorrow's out of sight. Yep. It's sad to be alone. Help me make it through the night. He's literally just <laughs> asking for a dude to be like, oh. tomorrow and yesterday both sucked please just stay with me right now for a second. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> it's brutal.
2: Oh, just brutal.
1: Oh, yeah. One of the most, love like, like, it
2: though. Brutal sports dramas that I've, that I've, I've seen. And it's hardly a sports drama. It's just like,
1: <laughs> yeah, not a lot just, of sports in, lot, in it. Really?
2: It's, it's just sad, lonely people realizing that they're going to be sad and lonely and stuck like where they are like forever. There's a part literally where Jeff Bridges just gets stuck in the mud
0: for like five minutes <laughs> right yeah right. it's brutal he's just falling into the mud over he's like don't touch me i got mud all over me <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah oh uh, so
2: pivoting towards the reductive rating round on this one which for you rocky is where we remove all the words all the nuance and uh give the movie uh for our own ranking purposes a uh number between uh one and, and five um, but it's also become sort of like uh, uh, final statements, or if there's any lines or scenes that we didn't hit. I think we did this one pretty well. But um, if there's anything else you you wanted to say about it, we also say it here. But for me, this gets a really solid. I think, I honestly, I think this one gets the high four um, from me. This yeah. movie made me really sad, and we made it for all the reasons that we said. But I, I do think the Houston the way that he sort of defies the conventions of a of a underdog sports movie and just removes any sort of dramatic satisfaction from it because these are all very sad lonely people who try their best to kind of have day-to-day hope and it just gets every sort of like real um i guess sort of day-to-day reality of both sort of like the industry that they're in and kind of just being poor in, in California um, just dashes away any hope that they have and they basically just try to drink it away and keep each other company through the, the devastating time that they're all having and every sort of like implied little glance we get at the periphery of everyone's stories here including Susan Tyrell and including sort of like the, the boxer that, that he even beats like there's no glory in even beating that guy it's just like yeah. there's another here's another sad, lonely, sick man who just had his body even more destroyed to make no money. And Stacy Keach did it for a hundred bucks. Yeah. <laughs> and so so like this is this is not really a sports drama as much as it really is just a flat out, like depressing, <laughs> uh like class-based alcoholism. I don't even know this movie just depressed the fuck out of me. That's all I can really say. Like it it, it really is just empty people given nothing and holding on to incredibly small gestures of, of, of hope. And at the end, it really is just a man looking at a mirror image of himself and is like, just make me less lonely.
1: Yeah. That's it. Oh oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm going to give it the four as well. Um, I don't have to, I don't have too much to add. I do feel like uh, like there is like a missing three seconds that they 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 fade away to the credits before it happens. But I feel like Stacy Keach does just look over to Jeff Bridges and be like, uh, "Would you hold me?" You know, something like that. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's it's no, one, it's of, the it's most, one uh, of the most <laughs> depressing sports dramas I've ever seen. And like you said, Josh, it's it it is really barely a sports drama. I mean. You know, the the even the boxing scenes don't have any glory to them or, or spectacle or anything like that. It's just sad, even when they're fighting. <laughs> so uh yeah, yeah, four out of five. Um and just if you wanna get sad, watch this movie. Absolutely. Hell yeah. For you, Rocky. Uh I give it the four out of five. I think it's just it's remarkable how
0: humane it is. And it's mm. just it's the kind of dialogue you don't really hear in movies anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like realistic. It's so full of character, and it's such a bleak movie, but it's it's got a humanity to it. Yeah, acting right, yeah. terrific. It's beautifully filmed. It's just yeah. <laughs> it's it's just a very sad film.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: very very sad people, and I just think it's remarkable in that element. I love how just completely understated it all is. It just never all the beats for the like the plot that you see in sports movies there, but it just never it never kind of leans into the, what you expect. Yeah. Never it's has not, that
1: never. fist pump moment ever. <laughs> oh no. The characters Not is close never, to it.
0: They never go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Nothing's going to get better for they these They just people.
1: go back to the bar. Yep.
0: Yeah. Drink it away. I <laughs> would be sometimes. <laughs> so, so,
2: so, uh, very interesting to, uh, uh, see, see what John Houston was feeling, uh, near yeah. the end of his career. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I hope
1: he himself was a little happier
0: well he had a really amazing sense of humor his last movie that he made while he was dying of emphysema is called The Dead so that's, that's a little something for you
2: <laughs> wow amazing I gotta check that one out for sure I can't yeah. believe he was still making movies up until the late 80s it's pretty incredible yeah that yeah, is he had a huge career yeah um, but that'll wrap it up for uh, Fat City 1972 we're gonna be right back and we're gonna be talking about Tokyo Fist <laughs> <笑>怖い。えなん <なんだか怖くて>、<笑>
1: All
2: right, we are back and we are talking Tokyo Fist, the 1995 uh, Japanese boxing horror film? uh, Maybe the only boxing horror film uh, directed uh, by, obviously, Shinya Sukumoto, the filmmaker behind all kinds of uh, strange Japanese body horror uh, films, including uh, two that we've covered on the show, Tetsuo the Iron Man, as well as, uh, I think we did Tetsuo 2, Body Hammer uh, as well. Oh. But he's had quite a long career. He's still making films uh, now. I saw at the TIFF two years ago, I got to see his his new samurai film, Killing, which is uh, him doing his, his typical frenzied, uh, and uncompromisingly Sound designed filled with scratching And screaming and all kinds of like <laughs> Jolted, untethered Handheld photography and like Bizarre expressionist uh, lighting And editing and all kinds of craziness applied to A samurai film and today we're gonna See that uh, With this film applied to A boxing film which is Kind of insane and that it works this film so just, well like, it's, at all.
0: it's incredible They just yeah. come right out of the gate with it <laughs>
1: yeah it, and yeah. It, and it works so well like I I, I didn't know that uh, that Shinya made a made a boxing movie um, and then it, it I never thought that uh, he would do anything that's you know sports related or anything like that but then I realized you know then boxing realized, you know, and especially the way that you can film it it works perfectly with his style I mean that whole manic. Crazy editing, the fast-paced movements—you mm-hmm. know—it it works perfectly, especially, especially when he's trying to accent the violence that takes place. Um, mm-hmm. Because you know what he also does is these over-the-top like body horror stuff. So that works very well when you have just people punching each other in the body and face throughout throughout the sport. So mm-hmm. yeah, it works and he well. Has, it he,
2: works. Ha- he obviously has like a very kind of like dreamy style to him oh yeah um sort of sort of as well and like when the film opens it's a montage of people just like punching the air and punching the camera with like a an absolutely um insane like pulsating like pounding
0: score by yeah um, it's like industrial or Chu shikawa the late great chui Chui shikawa Shikawa. who unfortunately passed away in 2017 of pancreatic cancer
2: Damn, and and yeah. it looks like he scored like pretty much every Shinya Tsukamoto film. Um, <laughs> as well as looking like he did a couple Takashi Mike films as, as as well oh nice um but yeah this score here I noticed because like I've, I've noticed the sound design and the score in a lot of Sukamoto films but I think this yeah. is like the one where it's like most merged like with the physical activity of obviously these people sort of like training and sort of like their feelings of sort of like rage and, and inadequacy and also in in typical Sukamoto fashion um, sort of like a modern like industrialized, uh, Japan. Um, there's a lot of shots of like imposing low angle shots of skyscrapers, and he loves like crumbling uh, concrete and like rusted steel. He loves like the textures. And I mean, like, obviously, that's mixed with the fleshy body horror in Tetsuo the Iron Man, where like there's a literal transformation like into something sort of like mechanical. Right. Um, this. Uh, this, sort of. This feels has, like has, he's
1: de- like just destroying the body in general in this one, rather than a transformation. It almost feels like he's just watched, like you're you're just watching bodies deteriorate. Mm-hmm. Well and and they're
2: they're definitely feeling sort of like trapped by their environments, which is sort of a connection to Fat City where we also have characters trapped by their environments. But this one's just a little bit more sort of like literalized in like the tangible aspects of the film. Like it is literally they are trapped by these imposing structures all around them, right. And then they sort of try to express, you know things that they these sort of like repressed feelings that they might have. Um, and boxing becomes sort of like an avenue in which to do that because this is partially based on Tsukamoto's own experience working a, uh, a, you know, becoming a a strange, primal, animalistic boxer. Not sure. But he worked (laughs) a shitty 9-to-5 job at an advertising firm, apparently, for for several years. And just, like, the sort of, like, corporate office culture and how people sort of, like, deny sort of, like, their real sort of feelings and bodily functions in sort of like that kind of environment is partially what inspired this, which is where you see sort of like an office guy become like a full out, like animalistic beast, uh, like at a certain point, (laughs) uh, ends up being sort of like the, the differing kind of transformation here. Um, but very loosely it is, uh, Shinya Tsukamoto. He's, uh, also the star of the film, I guess, which we should mention. And the other main star, um, is uh his I think it's his fiance uh played by Kori Fuji and then his brother Koji mm. uh Sukamoto is oh, playing that's his brother. the old oh. high school friend yeah his younger brother which oh, gives us an cool. even sort of like a w- bit of a weirder vibe to it when you think about that <laughs> yeah <laughs> strange yeah <laughs> um but yeah so he's a, a former high school friend who he kind of runs runs into um who is um a a fighter and has sort of Sweet. has accessed his sort of like animalistic rage which impresses um uh Shinya's uh fiance uh at one point he's just like flexing and he's mm. all sweaty Sweet. and he's covered in amazing lighting and she's like look at those muscles. <laughs> Awakens um,
0: something within her. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um but uh, as is sort of like revealed a little bit uh, later in in the film, the reason this former high school friend sort of comes back into his life is because they once witnessed um, a friend of theirs uh, basically get uh, an, an attempted rape and then uh, a murder of one of their friends, and they are so enraged about it that they decide they vow to each other that they are going to become fighters and that when those guys um who got sentenced uh to prison for the murder get out they are basically just going to like beat them into non-existence they are (laughs) going to like destroy their bodies and after a while um Shinya Tsukamoto just uh character basically forgot about that vow and so that's why this guy comes back into his life and tries to activate his sort of, like, inner rage. And so th- when you realize that this film is just a series of Shinya Tsukamoto's younger brother just trying to piss him off,
0: <laughs> that's basically all. <laughs> that's all totally it is, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trying to motivate him by cuckolding him. <laughs> yes, <laughs>
1: and, <laughs> and
0: and and
2: activating a, a, a primal side of his his wife as as well, who begins to sort of get into bodily mutilations, including sort of like um, uh, piercing herself in all kinds of a myriad of ways with which thicker, I don't know and thicker for, needles.
1: For, yeah, and I,
2: I was going to say, Jamie, did that not remind you of a splatter naked blood? A hundred percent. The the Japanese film where like a guy tries to invent a drug to sort of like cure people's like depression, um, so that they don't have to like live in uh, misery anymore, and it turns misery into joy. And instead, what he finds out is that he's accidentally also made a physical component to it, where he has turned bodily harm and physical harm oh. into pleasure. So, people literally start like uh, cooking themselves and eating themselves and piercing themselves because they are just they get some sort of like actual tangible pleasure out of it. And this actually has kind of like a similar aspect to it where sort of like the pain starts to become a way to like feel something in kind of like a modern dilapidated sort of like cityscape where it's like you don't really feel anything. So, instead, this weird sort of like physical harm becomes a new expression, uh, in an almost sexual expression in a way. Yeah, and at one point Very they Cronenberg even, in that even sense. they even mix yes. it with
1: the uh, with the the sex because there's that one shot of the 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 nipple piercing being just stretched. Oh. And I was, that just that fucked me up pretty hard, I will say. And it, it was so. I guess you know what. Once again, uh, splatter naked blood. There's a similar scene where a girl. Um, I think she cuts off her nipple and eats it or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it's just anything with like with me. It's always teeth, fingernails, and nipples. I don't know what it is about <laughs> what about what it is about those three. But if you fuck with them in a movie, I am just gonna get. Oh my god! I just I just cringe so hard. Wait, Ooh. you don't
0: like the part in Ooh. Crank 2 where the guy cuts his nipples off for no reason?
1: <laughs> I honestly forgot about that in Crank 2. That's all I can recall about it. <laughs> That's hilarious. It. <laughs> oh my god.
0: Uh, an aspect uh, well, I like... Oh, can I go... Yeah. yeah, yeah, go ahead, buddy. Oh, but I I like that the two brothers work just terrible mundane jobs. There's a very quick shot of uh, Ukamoto's brother working, I think, at a box factory or something. Oh, Yeah. They established that and he's uh Sukamoto is like an insurance salesman and you've just got all these shots of him on public transport and walking around into this these these huge skyscrapers.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. there's this one is... really good montage where it's kind of like he starts walking eventually, but the first part of it is just him going to places throughout the day, and it's just shots of him kind of just standing still in the spaces that he's going to. So it's just it gives you this yeah. completely mundane feeling that they're just doing the same thing kind of over and over again. So when they do get to the gym, it turns into that frantic, frenzied editing that he does all the time. And mm-hmm. so you start to feel that energy, I guess, that they, that they feel while they're there and while they're uh, you know, working on their bodies, but also, you know, being violent towards violent. others.
0: Uh, speaking of violent, there's a, a part where his his daily routine is interrupted by seeing a, a burst-up cat in an alley. Oh, yeah, with all the maggots. <laughs> yes, with all the maggots, it just it disrupts his daily life and it just disturbs him. I love that part.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Well, and and Shin'ya Sukumoto always a dude who's like. Obviously, he holds a shot of that, and then he cuts to an extreme close up of it, <laughs> yeah, where you exactly. get the full sound design of the maggots like crawling around, squirming inside around, like the skin. And so stuff. gross! Oh, God, he loves it. and and even the cityscape shots too, because it's it's not even just that he's like there's one There's one version of it where Jamie's right, like the, the shots are very mundane that he's like walking through sort of just like this modern Tokyo. He's taking the subway. He's walking on kind right. of like highway bridges and things like that. And those are very mundane. But the sound design is again once again like these very irritating sounds of like the yeah, scratches true. and the and the honking and mm-hmm. the, the noise and the air and just everything about it just like kind of like puts you off. And it, it really makes you understand that this existence is, is really... Terrible, um, and and why you know he would be sort of invigorated by something that is very overtly like more painful, but at least it's like sort of exciting and he has some semblance of control over it because at least when it gets like very gross with the textures and the sounds and the fighting, you know, he feels like he has some sort of power there, which is very different in the images when he's walking through the city where he feels, like, just completely insignificant walking through there. Um, But as soon as you get into the actual fighting, um, Shinya really applies, like, the sort of, like, expressionist style of it. Like, there's just a a shot at one point where I think he falls asleep in front of the TV static. Uh, And it's, again, it's just this very mundane thing where he's asleep on the couch and sort of, like, the, the technology is once again being irritating right in front of him and in his mind he's imagining his younger brother in like this sort of like blue and orange like dreamscape with like a fog machine going off (laughs) he's just like punching into the fog as like a silhouette and (laughs) it's it's very like a very cool image um and obviously he is a little bit like afraid of sort of like activating this part of himself but at a certain point he just kind of like accepts it um obviously yeah. one part because he is being cuckolded and he wants to win his uh fiance back and he realizes that she has sort of been swept up and you know this has sort of um activated something inside her that um she's interested in and there's a scene where they literally just like beat the shit out of each other <laughs> yeah. and they
0: love it <laughs> it's liberating that's what yeah. it, that's what's great about it it's just <laughs> violence is disruption that's what the thing with we the cat is it's just disrupting our lives <laughs> it's about how inflicting horrible violence on each other is a very liberating act apparently
1: <laughs> feels great
0: yeah it does. Well and,
2: and 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 that's the impressive thing about Tsukamoto is that like obviously that feels like a contradictory thing that you know sort of any civilized person wouldn't like really believe but his filmmaking does get you to feel that experience like you oh, yeah. do feel better for these people and like that they have opened up that they have become something um, and and they feel better, like when when they're done beating each other up and they're covered in in bruises and they've like scarred each other and they just sit there side by side, like next to the concrete pillar, and they're kind of just like relieved a little bit. They're just kind of like we got that out of our system. We <laughs> there's the something. There was an exchange of. Um, Pleasure and feeling that happened here, even though it was done in a obviously a, a very idiosyncratic way, that we'll say. Um, <laughs> so, and and the and the whole movie basically just just traces that that transformation, that like yeah. activating that more animalistic side of yourself and sort of getting out your feelings through the physical activity of boxing, which is again something that other boxing movies are very much about. About you know, uh, but it's just. Sukamoto's style is so completely different than anyone else's version of it and obviously a lot more perverse and and disgusting and bloody like the actual oh, yeah. fight scenes in this when <laughs> oh, when, when he goes to his brother's apartment uh and his brother just uh there he films this super interestingly like where he tries to fight him and then instead of doing um like an actual overcranked filming where they revert it into slow motion. He actually films it in real time and has the performers perform in slow motion.
0: Um, Dar, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: W- which you would think would f- would be strange, and it is a little strange because um, he's. It's kind of part of the effect he's hoping to achieve, but also like there's nothing realistic about the way that he's shooting it or lighting it or anything like that. So it, it does kind of yeah. just like not come off much weirder. It's super highly stylized in the first place during when it enters the fight scenes. Oh, but yeah. when he very slowly punches him in the face, and then uh, <laughs> he he has Sukamoto with like some sort of like. Uh, blood sprayer off to the Side of his face that just like Explodes on
0: impact With his you, fist. Can, <laughs> you can hear The hose shooting the blood out In some of the scenes yeah. it's yeah. incredible yeah. That they left that in
1: yeah they just Start like having every every goosebump that that they uh, That they have on their face any Any like uh, Swollen swollen injury Or whatever just starts popping And it's just absolutely Ugh. Disgusting Oh, my God. Oh my yeah,
0: God. I suppose we have to talk about the last scene with Tsukamoto's brother in the fight, his face afterwards.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> yeah.
0: Everyone in the audience is just horrified, and then we slowly <laughs> pan, and we see what happens face. Yeah, oh, my
1: God. Yeah, his,
2: it, it looks like his, like, his lips are missing, or, like, his jaw is unhinged, and he's, like, arr, arr. he's, like, opening it and closing his mouth with just oh. exposed teeth. And again, and that's he just another... won
1: too, right? It did, yeah, he did. Yeah, so yes. it's like, what a victory to to look like that afterwards.
2: <laughs> well, and, and and that's the thing is it's another sense of like you're missing like the glory because the glory comes with just like like pure mutilation rather <laughs> right. than like an rather than like an existential or emotional crisis like in Fat City, it comes with like bodily mutilation and 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 yeah. harm um and despite the fact that they sort of like feel better about it it's just like tsukamoto will never let people like get away like without scars yeah one of his experiences that's a good Um, which is kind of like what makes his makes his movies like very unique when you watch them is that like you know there there is just so much bodily destruction (laughs)
0: oh they all get destroyed at the end of this one uh Oshima's face is just destroyed. Tsukamoto loses an eye, and his his wife is just sticking pieces of like rebar into herself. <laughs> oh <my> god!
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah everyone's better by the end of this movie for sure.
0: Oh, they're all better. They're all better for it, which yeah. is the strange yeah. thing about it. <laughs> They've all found themselves.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Yeah, and 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 cause, and and I think at one point she even she even says something about how you know that the brothers like turning Shinya into like a a killing machine and the way that they start, he like sort of like textures that is they're like kind of like covered in like sweat and like jelly and surrounded by steel. And they're constantly like drinking alcohol. I think at one point he, he drinks oil. Like he puts, he dumps oil on his face. Yeah. (laughs) It's oil. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, yeah. So so the way that they're doing these really bizarre things, but his camera, the way that it's again, so the way that it like swings back and forth and jolts around, the, the camera, it, it feels liberated at a certain point, too, where it's just so energetic and they feel so sort of like unhinged and, and sort of free by sort of like the actions that they're they're taking here yeah like there's Um, one
1: uh there's one shot and i think they even end with a shot that's very similar with uh the the um the bag and it's it's just like as the as the fighting gets louder and louder and you hear the the, the ring noises and all that the camera just starts to shake more and more violently it's like it's becoming mm-hmm. alive and uh yeah that stuff like that is is fantastic it's just it, it's so engaging and such a cool way to translate what he's uh trying to say it's mm-hmm.
0: similar to that shot with Shinya on the near the end where he has he's destroyed his eye and the camera's just going in and out of focus it's just
1: oh right there's oh, right. Some,
0: yeah. something yeah. bubbling underneath you know
1: yeah for sure <laughs>
2: Um, I also like, too, in, like, the the final fight bit where they're... Or I guess they're kind of, like, sparring in the ring, I think, in, in this scene. But the fight scenes are always done with, like, a, a kind of, like, dreamier aspect uh, to them in, in the filmmaking. Like, there's always something that... There is something transcendent um, or sort of, like, metaphysical taking place on top of, obviously, the actual physical mutilation that they're about to perform on each other. But yeah. there's a part where they're sparring in the ring, and then it cuts to them both, like, standing... Uh, on a roof about to like fight each other because really they're they're about to have basically like a street fight (laughs) like like in in the ring and i love that the way that when they start fighting the camera will like latch on to like their point of view there's i think there's this is the i don't know if i've seen it in another boxing movie but there is like point of view like of fist shots in this (laughs) uh, every single punch (laughs) in this
0: movie is directed straight at the camera which i like it really gets into it
2: Yeah. Or the camera seems like latched onto like the elbow and it like follows through the viewpoint like of the fist as it hits something. Or there's like an insane like over the shoulder shots that are like way tighter and grosser than like the usual coverage for something like this. And yeah, it's just it's just so it's a complete um, opposite
1: of the way they shoot boxing in Fat City. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's it's like
2: otherworldly exciting. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) That would be a
1: great way to explain it. Because it does, not Yeah, it completely feels like out of this earth for sure, and that's. I mean, that's yeah. Shinya in general. He he never like, you know. I was. Have you you seen Snake of June? Right, Josh. You said. Yeah. Like that that's ending with one. the with the you know the the camera going off and the flashes and all that. Like it, he's just constantly doing something that feels like he's from another planet. Like I, I, he, It's his brain. I just his mind, mind. yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's okay. unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> a lot of just similar melts
0: themes <laughs> in snake of june with tokyo fist it's all all of it except that one's an erotic thriller and this is a boxing movie right that's all right. about uh disruptions to ordinary life through gratuitous violence and in that case sex in that film
2: right mm-hmm. yeah
1: absolutely
2: <laughs> yeah and, and there, there's always a sense that like you should like there we should be sort of like we are scared in a certain way by, by these sorts of things, but in a certain way they are freer than like the repressed reality (laughs) that you actually sort of like live in. So there's, there's kind of like a sense that like, he's not necessarily saying that certain elements of these things are good, but that they are more exciting and more, I guess, lively and make you feel more alive than like the actual sort of like, uh modern city existence, I guess that he was feeling. I don't know what was going on in Japan at the time. Sometimes <laughs> I try to match up uh, <laughs> what they were uh, feel like some- something like uh, like a too. Just all of those anxieties yeah. kind of like fit into um, like a sort of microcosm expressionist reality of it um, yeah. which is like very interesting, but a lot of, a lot these, of films, these films like like tackle very similar, feelings and they're just sort of like less afraid to go to the places to express that.
1: Yeah. So yeah, definitely,
2: definitely love, um, Sukumoto. And I mean, this one, when they get that final fight and the brother wins and he's completely, his face is like completely destroyed and mutilated. He looks like a monster so much so that the crowd (laughs) can't even cheer for his win. (laughs) They're just fucking terrified. And then, but they also achieve some sort of like release through this and his i think shinya is like swallowed in to like this like black and white world yeah where sh- he is that's like interesting yeah he's like screaming and bleeding inside like this black and white realm well the brother's jaw almost came straight off and he's spraying <laughs> blood and and everywhere and then they kind of go back to The world that they were living in, but he does feel like more free, and it does have that, like the the cars and the wires and the steel, and there is that uh, electricity in the sound design that reminds me a lot of like David Lynch, like the Eraserhead. We we compared Tetsuo at the time to sort of like the sound design that you would find in something like a a Eraserhead, and the final shot, I think, naked blood as
1: well, just with the like you were mentioning the maggots earlier, and there's a lot of that. There's a lot of very loud, almost unnaturally loud, uh, squish sounds and stuff that just make you really uncomfortable, (laughs) uncomfortable. Mm
2: -hmm. but I, but I like that it ends on, he's back to his corporate environment. He's back in, um, you know, like his suit. I think, I don't remember if he's getting on the subway or something, but he's kind of like standing still out in the city. Uh, but you can see all of the scars from the experience like his face is completely changed his one eye looks like he's blind in it or it's been damaged or it's like discolored and it's just like the experience that he's felt is going to be sort of like carried with him now back into his sort of like his mundane existence that that he had before he's a very changed man by the end
1: (laughs) oh yeah i think everybody has been changed yeah
2: (laughs) they've learned to
0: express themselves that's the thing (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah, as as anyone would, you know, either you're going to rip someone else's jaw off, you're going to tear through their flesh. There are like intense close-up shots of like flesh being torn apart to reveal like like a white background. I don't even know how he did
0: that. <laughs> it's a similar thing that he did with Tetsuo in those transitions. Yeah. Yeah, it's
2: like it's like a stop motion effect almost, yeah, that, but that, just that. with like yeah. this weird like flesh
0: texture. <laughs> it's strange. Yeah, I love those. I love the opening too, with just the the shot of the arm going, and then it just puts it, the fist just goes into the screen.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah for
0: that's sure. great.
2: Just awesome. I love. Um, uh, they but, also
1: do like little things with the coaches. It's it's not as. Um, at the forefront as it is in like fat city. But there's a part where it's either the brother or Shinya that's getting trained by one of the coaches. And he even teaches them. He's like, Hey, every once in a while, just sneak in an elbow, elbow to the ribs, you know, just do it. It's, it's, it's all good. No, no one's going to notice that that kind of thing. Um, it's, it's not as what, like I said, it's not as, uh, to the forefront like it is in fat city, but it's, uh, it's still there. And it, it, once again, it's just showing this kind of, Uh uh, violence and a little bit of uh i don't know if you want to call it corruption but that, that goes on between the coaches and the boxers themselves there's mm-hmm. just, yeah, yeah. There, there's definitely
2: a little bit less focus on kind of like the monetary aspect yeah, of it in the way sure. that like that that, that like Fast city was doing but there definitely is like a, a relationship um aspect and the way that sort of like again boxing here is not like a, a hope to like achieve a financial dream uh it, it is a hope to sort of like finally take control of your life yeah. a little yes. bit uh, yeah. and, and, and your own body um, in in a sense because your own body is sort of like trapped. So how do you express these sort of feelings that you have when the world doesn't let you you destroy someone else's body or your own body um, mm-hmm. and you see if it makes you feel better. And in a lot of these <laughs> cases for these characters, it did make them feel better. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just but go out and beat boards, people up,
1: you know, that's the, that's yeah, the answer.
2: It, it, that, that's the moral of the story is just if someone uh, <laughs> Thank is, you, is annoying you a little bit, go out there Beat the shit out of them. Challenge go them go to Michael a boxing Douglas match. and falling down uh, on their ass. Yep.
1: Rush yeah. Well, you know what? Well, it is happening more and more. We're getting all these YouTubers that are just like, you know what? Let's just box. So, you know, <laughs> people are solving issues this way.
0: <laughs> this is yeah. how we come together.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but pivoting towards the reductive rating round, this one also gets uh, like a decent to high four for me. I think that, again, seeing Sukamoto's like really unique sort of like expressionist style with really insane editing and again his his really like manic handheld camera style applied to you know what is essentially a boxing drama yeah (laughs) um but but really it's it, it is there's sort of like feelings that these characters have of being trapped and being inadequate and and being angry about you know things that that going on in their relationships, but also being again, uh, trapped in both their own bodies and in a sort of like modern industrialized Japan. Um, and they express all of that, uh, eventually by just literally destroying each other's bodies. And Tsukamoto just has to take that to the most extreme horrifying place, uh, that he can doing a sort of like bizarre, sort of love triangle about people who just want to destroy uh, their own bodies and they are again surrounded by sort of like these corporate offices and low angle shots of imposing skyscrapers and, and architectures and crazy intense blues and yellows and reds and in the lighting and really sort of like delirious um, montages of, of fighting um, and eventually they hit a sort of euphoric climax of uh both like actual sex uh jamie mentioned the scene where um <laughs> he pulls out the the nipple ring <laughs> um and then also just beating the absolute shit out of each other and achieving a kind of sort of like tangible release um and i guess sort of an, an emotional one both from again the the, the structures surrounding them and, and and their own bodies um, and it is a very unique way of kind of getting that across. I don't think there will ever be another movie that tackles boxing uh, the way that this one has. <laughs> yeah, this so. is
1: without a doubt the uh, most bizarre, most just manic boxing movie I've ever seen for sure. And I mean, somewhat movie I've ever seen. That's just, that just goes without saying with, with Shinya. Uh, yeah. He's just, he's, he's a madman. It, like it, and what I like is that he has like this constant. It's almost like a punk rock energy where it's just go 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 go. Because um, even in like Snake of June, which is more based on you know like sex and and love, it still has all of that crazy frenzied editing and and all that stuff. He just can't. It seemed to help himself. Like, uh, do you guys know of of a movie that he slows down a little bit? Is there is there a movie yeah. out there? Yeah.
0: His remake of uh, Fire on the Plane is a lot
1: slower. Okay, okay. I'd just be interested all, to yeah. see him do that because every movie I've seen and I've loved it. I mean, I love this guy's this guy's energy and editing and all that, um, but I've just never seen him do anything kind of slower paced, uh, you know, more methodic or whatever, no. Even so.
2: even even um, uh, killing his new samurai movie. Um, samurai films are usually A little bit more Sort of right. like Yeah for sure uh, Relaxed He he applies his style To it still like, Awesome It's so pretty it's, I, love it, it. I love it It's, it's an, an incredible, incredible so movie
0: It oh, like is And they're and,
2: there are some slower dialogue scenes in, in that about sort of like Ronins and, and war. Uh, he did a and a after the film when I saw it at TIFF, where he basically said that he was just really scared that like, there was going to be like a world war three. So k- killing is his version of like an anti-war film done as like a samurai film. Gotcha. But I also watched a, one that was included in his box set called Kotoko, okay, which yeah. is the closest he's ever done to kind of just like a kind of like an indie festival drama. Oh, okay. About, um, where it, it actually stars a, a Japanese pop star named Coco. And it's, it's literally her sort of like mental breakdown and experience of hallucinations and how they kind of deem her a bit of like an unfit mother because she's so absolutely sort of like terrified of so many things around her. She sees like doubles and she sees like a hostile world. So it only really gets like Sukumoto-y in like the scenes where she's having hallucinations and nightmares and imagining that like, people around her want to do bad things to her. They want to hurt her. They want to attack her. They want to attack her child. There's a lot of like child endangerment scenes because she's so afraid about the future of her own child. And needless to say, Shinya Tsukamoto once again has to take like uh, a, a drama about sort of like a mother's, Mental breakdown experience, and he has to take that to like the next level, including images of like babies' brains being blown out by guns <laughs> and stuff.
0: And just, like, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs>
2: yeah uh so her nightmare sequences are like pretty pretty next level but like outside of the nightmare sequences it's actually kind of just a typical indie fest drama out of japan
1: okay that's the closest
2: i've seen to him kind of like not doing like a full-out tetsuo style film yeah because yeah. you would think doing a boxing film you can't do a tetsuo boxing film it doesn't make sense and then he's like yeah no you can tokyo fist Yeah, and he nails it he
1: did
0: it he
2: absolutely uh,
0: did it
1: yeah four. that did it four out of five uh for this one uh for sure and just also like what a talent this guy is, like, to star, write, and direct in a lot of these movies that are just insane, over-the-top batshit. Uh, just very, very impressive dude. Um, so, yeah, four out of five for me. For you, Rocky. I give it a five out of five. I think he's... Nice.
0: nice. Sukamoto is, like, a director who's, only like, able to do something where he puts everything I like into his movies. Yeah. He's, like, yeah. got really amazing industrial soundtracks. He's got... Amazing, very distinct visual style that even other directors were ripping off. Like, uh, I'm not sure if you guys know who uh, like other cyberpunk directors, like shows shows in Fukui, I think it's pronounced. He did 964 Pinocchio and Rubber's Lover. They were all inspired okay. by Tetsuo.
2: Oh wow! No, I haven't seen those. I might have to check them out. though. They're great. Yeah.
0: yeah, if you like if you like these kind of movies, check out those ones. But he's he's just a direct. He's very similar to Cronenberg. That it's all yeah. about how. Yeah transformation and violence is a very liberating thing and how <laughs> it's it's what's going to liberate us from our mundane lives is horrifying mm. violence yeah do you know what i was gonna say i wrote in my notes uh, briefly that
2: tokyo fist the closest thing it reminded me to was a crash
0: yes that's a great <laughs> comparison that's yeah it's,
2: yeah because it's it's that people get super horny um <laughs> and and liberated by um like the destruction of car accidents so instead replace uh car crashes with boxing and you've basically got what this film is kind of going for on like a uh, sort of like character awesome. experience level that's, that's it. great. Yeah.
0: i love this movie
2: <laughs> hell yeah all right well well uh rocky uh thanks so much for for joining us that was yeah. uh, fat city 1972 and tokyo fist 1995 uh, if you've got anything that you want
0: to plug, this is usually uh, where we where we have you do that. Oh, uh, well, y- you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash ViperWave. And uh, if you're a fan of Twitch, I've got a stream called uh, the Kimono Friend Zone. So twitch.tv slash Kimono Friend Zone. If you want to yeah. join us there, we play all kinds of weird shit.
1: Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I've <been laughs>
2: noticed that you've been playing like some, some older horror games and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, cool. I try Good. to
0: find all the strangest things. It's the same with movies
2: hell yeah well i Literally. guess if you guys like these movies if you want to see a gaming equivalent you might be able to find them over on rocky's twitch stream thank you <laughs> so awesome. much for having me guys
0: yeah of course no, no
2: problem uh at at all we loved having you um for our listeners in one week's time we are going to be back with a uh bonus episode where we are we are going to be heading over to uh hong kong and we are going to be talking about for the second time on the show we are going to be talking about jackie chan the boy We're, Ooh, we did uh, an, episode an episode two years ago where we did uh, Drunken Master uh, and Drunken Master 2, his sort of sort of oh, late yeah. sequel to it. Uh, so we're going to be keeping in that realm, and we are going to be doing um, his other major franchise, and pr- actually probably his bigger franchise. That he's I guess more there's more like five for. of them, huh? Uh, we're going to be doing Police Story and Police Story 2. And uh, these yeah. two specifically are the two that are directed by Jackie Chan. So these are the closest we've gotten to... Um, sort of like the apex of Jackie Chan's uh, vision yeah, uh, What he wanted to achieve uh, As a performer And a filmmaker
1: Which is possibly so talking- kill him and his entire crew And we love him for it
2: Exactly So we're going to be talking about Police Story and Police Story 2 next week uh, Again patreon.com slash podcast For that episode And then in two weeks time we are going to be, uh, sticking around, uh, in, in Hong Kong and we are going to be talking about John Woo's oh, yeah. bullet in the head, um, Eat. which is probably my major John Woo, uh, blind spot. Um, uh, but from what I understand, it's some sort of, um, kind of like a, a wartime, uh, drama about friends who kind of like come back from, from the war. Apparently it's, a uh, it's a lot of people compare it to something like the deer hunter. Okay. Um, So we're going to be talking about John Woo taking on sort of like a a drama like that, and then we are going to be pairing it with Wong Kar Wai's... Fallen Angels. Oh, I love that movie. Which is personally it's my favorite Wong Kar-wai film. Um I know a lot obviously In the Mood for Love is amazing, Chunking Express are both amazing as well, but Fallen Angels is like the closest we've ever gotten to Wong Kar-wai. It's probably the only Wong Kar-wai we really can do cuz it's the only really like <laughs> n- non-drama like sort of about assassins kind of style uh, gotcha. movie that that he's done. Um, but it is still a very stylistically dreamy existential drama, but it does have, uh, some shootouts in it. Uh, and the, the the way that they're done is very strange and very Wong Kar-wai. And, uh, so we're going to be getting very existential in Hong Kong. Um, and rocky i think that you had a you had a review of fallen angels that <laughs> summed it up like perfectly which was like this movie captures what it feels like to like late at night be driving to mcdonald's at 3 a.m it's, it's <laughs> like yeah it's it's like if dream pop was a movie it's incredible yeah so awesome. uh in two weeks time we're going to be back with a guest talking about those two films so look forward to that uh, but that being said i think that'll wrap it up for everything this week thanks so much guys for listening and keep it sleazy
1: keep it Bye. sleazy